Spotlight. Spotlight. We're here to talk about things involving tech. Hey everyone, and welcome to Surge Spotlight, our podcast that aims to promote curiosity and excitement within the tech community. My name is Kim, and joining me today is Jeffrey Leung to talk about why your grades don't define your career. So Jeffrey is a software systems student in his final year at SFU. He also happens to be the co-president and co-founder of Surge. So Jeffrey, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wasting away at home during the coronavirus pandemic, but <laughs> hey, what's new? <laughs> Honestly, same. Well, what's been keeping you busy these days? Honestly, just a lot of schoolwork. Uh, but these past couple of months, I've been really involved in search, been running a lot of events and projects. It's really cool to see new things coming up, up in the community. Yeah, totally. Um, well, you're in, final, you're in your final year of university now, so I'm sure you're doing a lot. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, of course. Uh, so for those who don't know, I am unfortunately in my sixth year right now, going into my seventh. <laughs> Uh, and it's been a crazy journey. I've been involved in a ton of clubs, some student unions, um, the student society. I've been, been to a co-op. Um, I've been really involved with the faculty. Just a lot of things here and there. Um, things like the student society really helped me uh, understand why students care about technology or about the community um, and helped me get more passionate about it too. And things um, about the Faculty of Applied Sciences helped me broaden my engagement and career in tech as well. Yeah, I feel like the first time I met you, you were like right away really passionate, especially about search. Really? Yeah, <laughs> like that was kind of what brought me to the club. Like I was like, oh, this guy like really knows his stuff. Um, That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Were there any things that you would have wanted to do differently throughout the years? Honestly? Looking back, it's really hard to make those decisions and say these things I would or wouldn't have done. Um, but starting back from first year, I remember trying to get involved, asking people for clubs, asking people how to volunteer. And I was volunteering here or there. Um, and I was doing a little bit of project coding on the side. But it wasn't really enough now that I think about it. Uh, now that I think about it, if I had gone back to those times, I would have immersed myself in the culture, immersed myself in the technology, in the education, and really tried to learn on my own and with my friends and tried to build a bigger base of learning, right? Because that's what university is all about. It's all about getting into that career that you want. And to do that, you have to really be passionate about what you're doing. Otherwise, the next 40 years are just going to feel like a slog. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people go into university thinking or, or feeling pressure that they should already know what they want to do. Exactly. I talk to a lot of people who say, you know, I want to be done in four years. How do I finish in four years? I'm not going to be done in four. What's going to happen? Like, why am I in trouble now? And I've actually talked to a, a bunch of people recently with that anxiety, and I've told them a number of things. One of those things is it's okay to switch careers. It's okay to switch majors at any time. The first time I went to SFU at an information night, um, I actually talked to, talked to um, they had a session where they had all the parents stand up if they had switched majors at least once during their life. And about two thirds of the parents stood up. And that was the time when I first realized it's okay to take your time to find out what you want. But you also have to spend time and effort to finding that too. 
You're you're in Comsci right now. Yes. And were you, were you always in Comsci when you started? Yes, I was lucky to find that passion pretty early on in high school because I really loved dabbling in technology, building things, building products, websites, things like those. Um, that really did carry over to, to university where I've been in Comsci for the last six years. Also. It's interesting earlier that you said that you really wanted to be more immersed in the culture because I feel like when we first start out in school, we think, okay, we need to do really good in in classes and we need to make sure that we're keeping up that GPA. But you took a pretty different approach, or at least you learned something different from your time here. Yeah, definitely.、Um... Honestly, I worked really hard for my GPA. I am really proud of my GPA.、Uh, it's pretty high. I could definitely get into grad school if I wanted to. But the surprising thing is, I regret it. I regret spending all that time on my GPA, on my courses,、um, on all those tests and exams. Because as much as I learned, as high as my GPA is, as nice as it, as it is to show off, it hasn't been helpful for me to find my career. It really hasn't.、Um, a nice GPA doesn't get you into a company.、Uh, it gets you to graduation, but that's about it. Speaking from experience too, I value my grades a lot.、Um, mm. Like I like seeing that nice A or A plus at the end of the semester、definitely,、because it's、definitely. a lot of validation. But on the other hand, you're kind of saying that this isn't really what determines someone's success, and. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? Exactly.、Um, so, it depends on your field. But let's say we're in technology, right? Which I am.、Uh, in te- in the field of technology, when you're trying to find a career, employers are looking for very specific things. Now, technology is a new field, right? It's not highly theoretical in every single way, right? There's a lot of、uh, jobs in the field which aren't. Very theoretical. They're very practical. Of course, you have to have that theoretical knowledge, but once you have that down pat, you're good to go. What matters is your experience. How you can make things, how you can build things, what you know in the practical areas, and that's something that I never really focused on until later in school, because I thought that GPA was so important. I thought that getting that A, that A plus,、uh, meant that I was being successful, but that's only within the limited range of school. Outside of school, when you start applying to jobs to co-ops, I found that employers actually didn't even look at my GPA. In the past five or six years, I've only had maybe two to three employers even mention my GPA at all, and all they said was, "Ah,、oh, that's a nice GPA," and then they <laughs> moved on. And all I felt was inadequate because I didn't have the projects and the skills and the experience I needed to succeed in tech. Specifically in tech, that often means. Going out and doing your own personal projects—that means going to a co-op and getting that hands-on experience in a team on a real software project, knowing the skills and the technology that you can apply to your career. Things like those—that's what an employer wants. That is where communication skills, of course. But factor in all of those. GPA is just a very small portion of that. GPA doesn't isn't a, a good representative number. Of how good you are as an employee. Are there any situations where you think grades would be really useful? There definitely are.、Um, depending on your field, of course, some fields may value GPA far more. 
in the field of technology, when you're going into, say, software development, it really doesn't matter. For example, I know a lot of people in the big companies, right, Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft, who honestly are in academic probation. They have a GPA of, I don't know, 1.8 to 2.4, but they still got into those large companies. Those companies don't care, right? Outside of software development, there's grad school, right? Opportunities like research, grad school, those require you to have a high GPA ideally above 3.5 and it can be competitive. So if you're looking to get into research or any of those experimental opportunities, definitely make sure your GPA is high. Outside of that, you may want to critically analyze whether or not it's actually important for you. I mean, what about you though? What are you envisioning for your career? Good question. I actually started out thinking I was going to go into comp sci engineering, um, build things with my hands, electronics, and a bit of programming. Um, and that kind of pivoted over time towards more of a people dynamic. Because I joined a club called Recital Society back in 2015. And I've been in that club, I was in that club for about four years. Um, that club was a real game changer for me because I focused so much on trying to help the community in a way that was unrelated to tech. And because of that, I gained so many more personal skills um, and social skills than I would have just by staying in tech. Um, that led me to join the Student Society. And the Student Society just gave me so many great opportunities to advocate for people, be passionate, lead projects, um, just inspire change in a lot of different ways. And what I found is that that is also a passion of mine. So what I'm doing now is I'm working on rolling that plus tech, my other passion, all into one, right? I want to not just make things, but I want to make things that have a difference. I want to make things that actually make a difference in people's lives, have an impact. So that's why I want to go into project, program, and product development in order to manage teams and set a vision. I want to use those skills that I've learned in the student society that I'm really passionate about to make sure that teams have what they need in order to make something cool that's tech-related. So that, that's my kind of career. And I remember you, um, well, we I wrote about this, about your app on Cradle, and I yes. thought that was super cool. And I didn't even realize you were doing this on top of all of the other things you were already doing. Um, and there's actually, never enough hours in the day. <laughs> literally, there's never enough, but for some reason, you always find time. So we actually have a question from one of our audiences, Jennifer, and she's, she's wondering what are some time management tips that you may have? Good question, Jen. Hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jen. Um, I had a psychology prof in grade 12 when I took AP Psychology. And he said one thing that resonated with me quite a bit. He said, being an adult is not about doing everything. You can't do everything. You can't learn everything. Being an adult is about prioritizing. You may never get to do all your homework. You may never get to have the perfect grades. You may never get to have the perfect career or the perfect family. But you have to choose what is your priority. You have to make sure that you choose those things and then you spend enough time on those so that you are, get, are better at the things that you care about. And that stuck with me because that applied to me so much. I have so many things I want to do. I could probably list out 10 or 15 things on my to-do list that I want to do but I haven't gotten to. 
right? And I stay up every night till like three or four a.m. just oh, trying yeah. to do things, learn things. I should probably sleep a bit earlier.、Um, <laughs> yeah, probably. Don't follow my example, people.、Um, but it's all about priorities. For me, that means I care about my career. I care about learning. I care about having a broad、uh, understanding of knowledge in my career. And my technology. That also means I care about Surge. I care about my club and the people in it and the projects that are going on. And out of those, I also prioritize what I think are the most important things to happen. Would you say that that sense of care is definitely like your main motivator? Definitely. I think that with if you cultivate your passion and you make sure that you make time for you prioritize for what you think is important. Then what you do becomes far more interesting to you, right? So for me, I'm motivated to stay up to three or four, and I want to keep working because I care about that, right? So that's what helps me do better.、Uh, that those management skills and also mixing in passion with that to choose、um, to choose the ability to achieve more. I am curious about your day to day, though, having all of these personal projects. Also mixed with school, and I'm sure with the pressures of graduating soon. How do you? What does your daily routine look like? How do you set yourself up for the rest of the week or the month? So my daily routine usually looks like waking up、um, and making sure I clean up as much as possible, right? Because cleaning up is mental and physical at the same time. That means washing my face, making sure I'm prepped.、Uh, often, I make sure to take a shower in the morning because that means I'm more refreshed.、Um, I make sure everything is organized and set、uh, in case I need to rush out the door. Right? If I need to rush out the door, I can just grab what I need and go.、Um, yeah, the rest of the day is is kind of dependent on what I need to get done. Right? So a lot of the time, I know I have some things to do for Surge. I might have to follow up with someone. I might have to see how our project is going. I might have to send some information to someone, and I'll write that down. Um, and I write down some homework that I want to do. That's achievable, right? You always want to chunk up your tasks. You don't want to say, "I want to do all my assignment on this day," because that's just going to be a lot of stress. It's not going to be worth it. You're not going to get that done, right? So, getting that healthy mindset of "I'm going to be, do this amount of work, and I can probably accomplish it." Past that, I really like to schedule everything in my Google Calendar. So I have、yes. a complex Google Calendar with this crazy schedule,、um, and I have things from work to study to review,、um, to eating to transit. All these things, it seems horrible to maintain. I built it. I built out the routine, so I'm used to it. But that's what helps me offload the mental stress. Because, for example, at at its simplest, if I have to send something next Tuesday, let's say to someone, all I have to do is put it in my calendar, and I don't have to worry about that. The mental load is off of me and onto the calendar. So next time when it comes to Tuesday, all I have to do is open the calendar every day, and I say, "Okay, I just have to do this," and that that means I can do so much more without having to think about it. Yeah, I love Google Calendar. It <laughs> it saved me for sure. It's amazing. But I didn't. I can't believe you use it for eating and. Of course,、too. it's time boxing, right? It's effective time boxing and understanding how much time am I spending here, how much time am I spending there.、Um, if I don't have enough time, that's okay. Relax, right? I can see that visually on my calendar. That's what helps me. All right, we're gonna move on to.、Um, well, we're gonna move back to our original topic,、um, and we do have a couple more questions from our audience. So, 
One of the students, Jason, asks, how do you start planning for your career in university? Hi, Jason. Thanks for asking the question. <laughs> uh, so planning for your career in university is actually really tough. I'm going to be honest. Um, and anyone who's ever applied to university knows that. There's a lot of different universities. There's a lot of different majors. Majors are different at each university. The same major is different across multiple universities. So there's a lot to take in. But the first thing I'd say for anyone looking to get into university is sit down and see what you're interested in. Right. Whether that's a hobby, uh, whether that's a specific subject, if you're not interested in something, that's OK. Rule it out. Right. You can come back to it later if somehow you find a passion for it or if you figure out that you might be better at it than you thought. But focus on what you want to do. Right. Look at people who you look up to. That might be I don't know, astronauts or um, someone in the healthcare field or someone who's created something really cool in a business. Right. Choose people who inspire you and then find out what got them there. Because those things, you can try and find out how to do those things just like they did or even better. You can learn from their mistakes or learn from their successes, right? And following those footsteps in, in researching them or learning about them or following their career paths can really help you develop your passion or find out what isn't for you. Because it's okay if you follow a passion and you find out it isn't for you. But it's better to have followed that passion for a year, two years, four years, and then change to something else than never to have tried that passion. It's okay to change careers, but follow your passions first. Very powerful. Thank you, Jeffrey. <laughs> um, Marcus also asks, how do you use the theories that you've learned in classes to help with your personal projects? Thanks for the question, Nargis. Uh, one thing that I do is um, I make sure to separate what I learn in my class from what I'm doing in my personal projects up to a certain amount, right? Um, there's a phrase by Mark Twain. I'm, I'm butchering the quote, but I think the quote is, never let your schooling get in the, the way of your education or your learning, right? Um, there are specific things that you should take away from uh, learning in class. For example, in tech, that might be Testing. Testing is really important because you have to understand how to make your software work well and how to ensure that it works well for the future, right? So principles like those are really important. But getting down into the details and understanding these, these paradigms or these, these philosophies about how to do things or these super minute details, that's not going to help you, right? So I'd say figure out how important this course or this course material is in what kind of career you want. Figure out what's important, pick out those things, and make sure you understand those really well. The rest of it, sure, you can understand that for marks, and it'd be great if you knew that, but it's not as important. You have better things to do. You should spend your time on personal projects, on co-ops, on learning things, on courses, on sharing information, um, on, on learning information. There's just so much more out there than just small little details from what you learn in class. I actually know a ton of people in the big four, the, the big companies like Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft, Google, who actually had terrible grades and they still got to those jobs. And what they got in the way they got into those jobs was not by having good grades, was not by getting A pluses, was not necessarily by understanding the course material. But if you can think critically, if you can communicate what you're doing, if you can solve problems in a creative way, 
um, if you can approach things in a way that other people can't, and you, if you have that experience that you can demonstrate, that's what's important, right? I've gone to career fairs. Um, I've walked up to a career fair, and I've handed my resume. I've talked about my experience, and I haven't talked about my grades, grades at all, and they loved it because they're not interested in grades, right? It's okay not to do well in university and to still do a great career, right? Be like Bill, be, be like Bill Gates, but also don't, don't drop out of school, kids. <laughs> but it's true. I think to add on to that, like when it comes to school, a lot of it is theory and kind of foundational learning, learning the specific skills on how to do the technical things. But when it comes to really like your interpersonal skills or everything else, having to work with other teams and really talking to people or presenting yourself, a lot of that can come out of experience that would have to be yes, outside. There's of school, so much sure. in school that they don't teach you or they don't give you enough experience for. But if you can find those projects, if you can find those groups, those communities, if you can get involved and express yourself in those creative ways to learn better, then you'll stand out from the crowd and all the companies will see that. Do you have any advice uh, as well for people who may want to be seeking th these opportunities and where they Definitely can Definitely join co-op. Co-op is, uh, you don't necessarily have to do it with SFU co-op. You can find it by yourself if it's not the right timing with SFU co-op. But getting that hands-on experience in a team with hard decisions and real technologies and real products, those are problems that you don't get to solve in university, right? And getting that kind of opportunity also helps you learn about a bunch of different things. Uh, that includes uh, what other kinds of careers there are in your field that you may never have considered. When I did my first co-op, it took me eight months before I found out there were, I don't know, maybe five or six different areas within this specific so field of software engineering that I hadn't even considered. Um, another thing that you should definitely do is personal projects. That means sitting down, working with friends or with online people, open source communities to build something cool, right? Something that you can actually use or see, something that you can analyze a problem to and then make a solution. Any kind of personal project helps, uh, starting out with small little games or any kind of project that you can build on GitHub. Really, it doesn't matter. Any kind of experience that you make on your own helps. Broaden that curiosity and it'll come to you automatically. And the last thing I want to say is get involved in clubs, student unions, and whatever is in your local community. Because for example, SFU Surge, that's something I founded because I found that people don't have enough involvement in the tech community. People don't know how to learn. And when people learn, they learn by themselves. But there's so much more you can do by learning in groups together and sharing that knowledge, working on projects together, sharing whiteboard problems, um, talking about new technologies, all these things that a community lacks, you need to find those things. If I had to pick some advice for the audience, for anyone listening, I would say two things. I would say be curious, for one, because curiosity will get you everywhere. It'll help you learn. It'll help you talk to people. It'll help you reach out to companies. It'll help you find new opportunities. Being curious and being open to new things is how your entire life develops because you need to find those opportunities. They won't just come to you, right? You need to chase them. And once you've found them, they'll give you so much more than what you never expected. And the second thing that I would say is work hard, work really hard, bust your ass. 
because as much as you might care about something, nothing is actually realized until you work for it. That means maybe sitting down every day and doing some coding or doing some problems uh, on lead code or working on personal projects or inspiring different people and reaching out or talking to people constantly or staying up till 4 a.m. even to do things that you think are interesting, <laughs> right? Oh, we're not advising. We're not I don't know. Of course, don't, that. Not, don't do that. Of course. No, no, no. But no, no, if no. you were, if you were to somehow <laughs> do that for some unexplained reason, I mean, <laughs> then you should cultivate your passion because cultivating those interests and spending time, sinking as much time as you have into those, really makes you a better person at it. That's something that can't be replaced. So, be passionate, work hard, and be curious. All right. Thank you so much, Jeffrey, for being the first guest of our podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you to everyone who's tuning in. That has been Search Spotlight. We post podcasts bi-weekly on Mondays. Tune in next time to hear more perspectives from our SFE tech community. Search Spotlight. We're here to talk about things involved.